Well, well, (laughs) it's so crazy. I haven't talked to you in truly so long. I know I have been completely just obliterated for the past, I would say 60, I don't even know, 70, no, 72 hours is three days. I don't know. Five times 24. You guys do the math. Um, uh, I have been, yes, on another planet. It's so crazy, Chandler. Like I went to, I went to Cancun, everyone, to our mm-hmm. wedding venue because I told Kagan, I said, we haven't been there in a year and a half. Right. And things might have changed and we need to walk yeah. through and like make some calls. And oh boy, am I glad we did because yes, a lot did change. Okay. Um, I so many things. And yeah, I just, it, it completely changed our plans. It was great, but it completely changed our plans. And I think my feelings now have transitioned from anxiety to excitement in oh, a big really? way. Yeah. Okay. And it's really weird, but my body is like, it, it was in some sort of like fugue state for the past mm-hmm. five days. Yeah. Because I've all the adrenaline going through my, like literally I have slept probably four hours a night. Like I just have barely mm. been able to sleep because I've just been right. like so overwhelmed. Right. So right. anyway, um, it's just been, it's been a, quite an experience. So apo- um, apologies everyone for this being late. No, I, yeah, I, I mean, obviously I was on vacation last week too, and we just didn't really get to chat. Um, but I'm so glad that going to Mexico like proved to be helpful. Yes, it definitely, definitely was. Um, wait, okay. Let's talk about your 27th year of life beginning and your incandescent trip to Martha's Vineyard. Can we hear all the, all the glorious details? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like I'm bad at vacation recaps. Like I, you're very mm. good at them, but my, I feel like also my vacations are typically a little bit less uh, indulgent than yours, if I, I dare say. So I like, I don't, I don't <laughs> feel like me. I'll, yeah, I'll just say it. Like I just um, start my days with brownie sundaes with caramel. I, I have the waiter just drizzle caramel into my mouth. It's a little Kevin McAllister, your vacations, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So uh, we went to Martha's Vineyard with the same group of friends that we went to Nantucket with last year. We, uh, we, this group of friends loves to do like an East Coast beach vacation. Um, so and fun. yeah, it's like, it's just a great group of people. What I realized after spending seven days with them is that like, no one is like moody. Everyone is just always in like a good mood and like down to do anything or try anything. And I think that just makes mm-hmm. for like a really immaculate like vacation energy because no one's trying mm-hmm. to control the whole thing. But like people are, you know, if you say, oh, someone else planned dinner, like someone will do it and then we'll cook um, or we'll like go out and they like, everyone really likes to dine out. It was just honestly perfect. And I like left my work computer at home. I left my work phone at home. So I truly like forgot I had like a corporate job for at least four to five days. And that was really the most stunning part, I will say. Okay. That sounds incredible. Um, You know, it's really, you have to find people that you can travel with and mm-hmm. that want to be on the same energy as you. And sometimes right. it can be hard to find that group. Um, but when you do, it is really such a dream. So and honestly, like, yeah, it's just funny. So we like rented out a house in Oak Bluffs, which is like a town on Martha's Vineyard. And the house was like a little bit older. So like the floors were kind of creaky and, you know, it definitely felt a little bit dated, but like we had the stunning porch and Mm -hmm. just like all the houses are really charming. 
and the weather was amazing. And so like every day we'd like sit on the porch in the morning and, you know, just like say hi to everyone walking by. And then like every night we'd end with by just like sitting on the porch. And like the second to last night we were there, there was like an incredible thunderstorm that we just like watched from the porch. I don't know. I just feel like maybe it's something about New York city living, which I do love, but like there were just, there was a simpleness to just like sitting on your porch and drinking coffee and, you know, just enjoying a rocking chair that made me Mm -hmm. feel like I'm going to be a very good geriatric person. (laughs) Well, I think obviously, you know, like leaving the urban metropolis and the concrete jungle and actually entering a beautiful natural scene is just so good for the soul and for the body and for the mind. So I'm just so happy you got to have that experience. It sounds, it sounds really beautiful. So one little thing, like one little interesting tidbit. Have you ever heard of like uh, Chappaquiddick or the the story of Chappaquiddick? No. So, so Chappaquiddick is a small Island or it's like a little offshoot of Martha's Vineyard. Right. And Ted Kennedy. Okay. Ted, let me make sure it was Ted. Let me just, two seconds. Oh, gosh. Actually, I know it was Ted. I know it was Ted. I can trust myself. Okay, so Ted Kennedy was, Bobby Kennedy had been assassinated. JFK had died. Ted Kennedy was, like, the next brother, like, stepping up to, like, take the political reins. And he was, like, out in Chappaquiddick partying with some of, like, the staffers from Bobby's, like, office. Okay. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with the candidates? You, are you following? Are you tracking? Oh, gosh. Yes, I'm tracking. Okay. I have, okay, like, I have okay, the family me... tree pulled so, up. So Ted Kennedy goes out. So it's, it's a, there's a little bit of lore here because we don't know exactly what happened. But he mm. leaves his party with one of the staffers, a female staffer. He's he's married. He has a wife. She's at home. She's not there. He leaves the party with one of the female know. staffers. They uh, go out and they're driving around and he is, you know, driving to this like part of the island and he goes off this bridge. Okay. He goes off this bridge uh, in the car and the car capsizes or like, you know, plunges into the water. He somehow miraculously gets out of the water and swims to the top or whatever. The woman is still in the car, okay? Okay. So he, he swims like to the This is very edge. Kendall Roy. A, a, yes. That literally that part of succession is based on this because you know what he does? Oh, really? Yes. It literally is. Yeah. It's all based it, – like allegedly, you know. is It's – so he he gets out of the water. He according to him, he tries to dive back down, but he can't get her out. And he spends eight hours, okay, walking back to the party. He gets his his cousin <gasps> to try to come back and help. He doesn't go for the police immediately. There's eight hours between when they plunge oh. into the water and when it's reported to the police. And the woman died. The woman like literally died. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't want to. No, that was the wrong reaction. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously horrible. And, it's horrible because like uh then like he he finally you know reports it to the police he calls his dad he asks his dad what he should do and he reports it to the police like first thing in the morning basically so he has like the whole night and you know in the car there were like scratch marks on the top of the hood of the car clearly she was trying to get out and and you know what he says is that he went back with his cousin and this other guy and but you know the, they couldn't get the doors open and and that is true like the pressure of the water would make it really hard to, to get her out just by like, you know, normal strength. Um, but like what's crazy is we watched the movie Chappaquiddick and they like call the local like fireman, t- you know, town diver. And he says like, you know, if I had been notified, I could have gotten her out in 10 minutes. And you know, what's interesting about this whole thing is all what he was trying to do was protect, you know, his 
he he didn't want him to be discovered as a cheater, right? Like that's the purpose. Well, it's not confirmed that they were like having an affair or anything, but mm-hmm. you know, it's definitely this like, well, my family can solve this problem. I'm not going to go to the authorities. It's going to look too bad. You know, it's clearly protecting himself before like trying to save this woman's life. Right, right. Well, humans are capable of great darkness, Chandler. That's one of the things that has been one of my recent epiphanies. Um, oh, wow. What a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyways, isn't that – hold on. Before we segue, wasn't that an interesting story? Oh, it's a, an absolutely riveting story. And it's also, I think, just really brings that succession scene to life, like that art imitating life scene. Mm-hmm. You know, it really kind of drives that home. So anyway, but please continue. Well, yeah, there's a movie called Chappaquiddick with Kate Rooney, I think, or whoever, the whichever, or Mara Rooney, whoever was in, uh, uh, what's the Kevin Spacey DC thing? House of Cards. Whoever was in that, she plays the woman in Chappaquiddick. So mm. highly recommend watching that too. Okay. Well, what a good wreck. Incredible. Any other um, scenes oh. of, you know, homicide that you can relay to the audiences as <laughs> you know, they listen I- to this late episode? No other, you know, murder homicide tidbits, but I will say that I loved Martha's Vineyard. I thought it was absolutely stunning. It's a much bigger island than Nantucket, which is where we were last summer, but it was definitely more commercialized and Mm. just had more of a touristy feel. So I think we're going to maybe return to Nantucket next summer. So that's my really annoying uh, opinion now that I get to have because I've been to both places. So I want to shed some light on something really quickly, which is I want to expand a little bit on the idea of you saying that my vacations are more indulgent than yours, Mm -hmm. because I want to remind you that I also took vacations at 27, but they were not zipping out of the city with my boyfriend from our Manhattan apartment into Martha's Vineyard with our friends, right, for my tech job. That's what that wasn't my experience. Um, so I just want to remind you that I'm, I am five years older than you. I've had five more years to, you know, create whatever anyway. Um, but I, so I want to tell you a story about a vacation I took at 27. Can you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Um, when I was 27, I was invited to my friend's bachelorette party in Napa. Mm And I'm not, it wasn't a bachelorette. It was an engagement. Her fiance was proposing and then. Yes. And it was a surprise that all her friends would be in Napa. Incredible, right? Um, Incredible. Yes. Incredible. And I was so excited, but I was on a shoestring budget. I had moved home to my parents' house from, uh, and I had no career prospects uh, because apparently a philosophy degree does not render you, you know, immediately useful to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. And I was broke as hell. Mm -hmm. And I had, I think a few thousand dollars to my name living in mom and dad's house, working for mom for $10 an hour at 27, trying to figure it out. This is pre your first job. This is pre my, this was a couple months before I got hired at my first job. So anyway, um, I had no money, but I really wanted to go. So I um, I messaged one of the girls in the group and I said, uh, do you want to get a place together? Do you want to get an Airbnb together? Yeah. Because um, all these hotels are like 500 a night. And she's like, right. yeah, that's great. And I said, okay, well, do you want to go more like Lux or do you want to go more like budget friendly? And she's like, let's do yeah. something in the middle. Yeah. And so I said, great. So I booked something that was uh, $2.50 a night for a room in someone's home, mm-hmm. an Airbnb. Of course. So uh, we we arrived in in wine country. I mean, just gorgeous, lush, right. verdant hills. We drive up to this man's house and we are greeted by okay. this 
kind man um, into one of the filthiest homes I've ever seen. Really? Definitely. Oh, I mean, a hoarder doesn't even begin to describe. <gasps> like, I, it was like food everywhere, like food oh, no. filth. Okay. <gasps> um, and then we we walk across the threshold and of the home, and he stops us in our tracks and begins to give us a 30 minute monologue about his life and how he once dated Miss Hawaii in the seventies and how she broke his heart. She broke his heart and how, you know, she was just this completely malevolent, uh, gold digging whore, essentially. I mean, Miss Hawaii. You would agree? I would agree, yeah. I'm on his Yeah, list. for sure. Miss Hawaii's are notorious for uh for Absolutely for representing the worst aspects of of female characteristics. But anyway, um no, so he just was completely deranged, in my opinion. He could not read social cues. He was he was definitely deranged. So finally, finally and he offered us like a cup of water and I would just would I can couldn't even imagine drinking water in this home. Right. Like imagine using whatever anyway wait whatever i didn't get any closure about miss hawaii oh um so she was a bitch she broke his heart (laughs) um she i i can't remember the exact details but all i know is that he wanted us to know that he once had had a relationship with an extremely attractive woman but she was actually uh you know some sort of slut so anyway (laughs) (laughs) the message was received sure finally i would say We finally, after 30 minutes or so, um, are, you know, he says, oh, let me, you, let's go to your room. So the room pictured on the Airbnb listing was a modern, nice room. Okay. Sure. It had a West Elm bed. It was completely bare except for the bed and dressers. It was totally pristine. The scene of where you get murdered for sure. The room we walked into uh, was not the same room on the pictures in the Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Not even close, mm-hmm. Chandler. It was a yeah. it was a bunk bed first of all. So it was a bunk bed with a twin bed on top, and then a queen bed on the bottom. Okay, and then wow. um, <laughs> and then there was junk everywhere. Like the room had a bunch of stuff in it. Yeah, and and so I turn to him and I say, "This is different than." <laughs> so this is different than the room on the listing and he right. said oh i moved but the bed's the same <laughs> and i said i said are you sure i th- i think the bed in the listing wasn't a bunk bed right. and he said oh i mean the mattress the mattress is the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I i the problem was is it was now 11 p.m let's all not oh forget gosh. that i have like no money like literally no money right, i don't right, have the, right. i can barely afford to be there i don't yeah. even have a credit card to put stuff on i Ugh. just there's no Probably options the best, here. honestly for you yeah so <laughs> and the the irony of this whole thing the hilarious part is the girl i had taken lived a normal life she had a job she right. was a you know not necessarily on a on a poet bean budget like i was mm-hmm. and so the experience for her was like even more extreme right right and because i had planned our accommodations so it was only a two-night trip and so it's 11 p.m we just are like we're just gonna be here like there's no point in yeah, we'll just somewhere do, else. yeah 
Right. We are here for the evening. Yeah. Um, I just really hope this guy does not like who knows what he's capable of because obviously right. he does not obey social norms. And from the sounds of it, okay. knowing what he said about Miss Hawaii, you know, you're definitely not his type. <laughs> oh yeah he's actually really into hot women that's that's true so it's so it's so true um I should feel safe so anyway um so we we just go to bed I will tell you the bathroom was filthy hair everywhere yeah. um like shavings everywhere um you know those guy like when guys like trim their beard and it gets everywhere in a bathroom yes oh I have a boyfriend I know like the 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 person who creates a device to solve this problem will become mm-hmm. like a billionaire. I just want to right, say that. Right. Okay. Anyway. Um so yeah, so hair dotted the landscape of the bathrooms wherever we went in that home. Um yep. and it was just absolutely atrocious. It was disgusting. Uh it was only two nights and we had a full packed day the next day and so it was just like we didn't even have time to figure out something else. Luckily, that was where I would say the the insanity stopped. He didn't wasn't weird otherwise. He was, you know, a nice person who had a broken heart from okay. Miss Hawaii in the end. Of course. Um, yeah. and a hoarder. And Airbnb basically did nothing. I put up really? a huge us after and Airbnb I wanted my two hundred and fifty dollars back. Of course. Uh, it's your hard earned money from mom. It's twenty five <laughs> hours. Absolutely twenty five <laughs> hours of organizing videos for mom. I'll never get those hours back. No. Um, and yeah, no, it was, it was just such a, a fever dream, horror, bad trip so you experience. S- you stayed there the whole time. Um, yeah. So we only, were only there for two nights. And so like the next day it was like, it was like, we had to be somewhere at 9 30 AM for a brunch. And then there was like, you know, it was like wine tastings the entire day and yeah. it was just, was already planned. And so there just wasn't time and we were only there for one more night. Right. So it wasn't time to like figure out anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Convenient. You know, there wasn't time. I had to stay with him. Well, I I, and I also here. had no money. And so I think also for me, I was just like, oh, so sorry. I showed her the list. I'm like, this is not what I chose. But I, I wasn't <laughs> even going to put up the suggestion of going somewhere else because yeah. baby can't pay for it. Right, right, right. It's like no, no one's got the capital. Well, I, I can't believe I haven't heard that story before. Or maybe I've just forgotten it. Put it out of my brain. I'm definitely sure know, I told you this story before. We should get Morgan on the pod to uh, to discuss it, to chat about it. But, um, right. but no, it, it was so hilarious. And anyway, I just, I just want to continually remind you that I had a very different 27-year-old experience than you. Yeah. And you know what? You've come a long way. You know, you've come all the way to Anguilla or however you say it. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's been it's been a fun journey. Um, but you know what, Chandler? This is another epiphany I had. You cannot experience oh, light and appreciate light unless you know darkness, okay? I'm pretty sure I've, like, seen that on a t-shirt at Marshall's. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you necessarily needed to go into other realms to understand that, but I'm glad you did. It, honestly it's just amazing how many uh tj maxx aphorisms just like feel so correct in my soul this week mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. yeah anyway can i also kind of just like go on a wild tangent on something with you please okay so i'm rereading harry potter right now okay i've considered doing that do you remember that i used to like harry potter um yeah yeah i was uh a uh, I would just say that 
there was a time in my life when I was 11 where I screwed up my eyes shut really hard and I just prayed that I was a witch and that Hogwarts existed and that they would know that I wasn't actually a muggle. Okay. That was a state of mind. What? That's honestly really cute. It was a state of mind I entered at 11. Okay. So anyway, um, so, but it's been like 15 years since I picked up a Harry Potter book. And so it's so fun to reread as an adult because it's like, I don't actually know what's happening next. I've forgotten so much of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it's, it's absolutely so fun, but I will say it's also really funny to read Harry Potter as an adult and through the Mm -hmm. eyes of an adult because things just strike so differently. Like what? Like, okay. Like the Harry Potter, the scene opens and Harry Potter is a boy who lives under the stairs, right? In a cupboard under the stairs. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um, or a closet under the sca- stairs, excuse me. And he's this cute little, little Harry Potter. Nice. You know, he has, he is just a nice boy who lives under the stairs. He has his mean okay. aunt uncle. And he's like, you know, he's basically the servant for them. having to make them breakfast yeah. and serve them breakfast while yeah. Dudley is just, you know, bestowed all these gifts. Right. Um, well, while Where's Dudley is just get. What's that? Where's the issue? Uh, well, the issue, in my opinion, is that if a child as an infant was given zero love, right? Zero affection, zero love, <laughs> mm-hmm. and was forced to live under the stairs and be the servant to his, you know, completely malevolent aunt and uncle and loathsome nephew or loathsome cousin. Mm-hmm. I don't think he'd just be like a nice bumbling 11 year old, you know, who's just like, who's just like a sweet, innocent little boy. I think this kid would be like on a collision course with murder. So you know? what you're like, saying, yeah. So what you're saying is that more childhood trauma should have manifested in Harry Potter's personality. <laughs> well, I wasn't actually going to take it in that direction. Um, okay. But I just think that, yeah, I think that this, this 11 year old the outcome there would be more of like the 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 cat Netflix documentary. What's that thing called? Wait, don't fuck with cats. Yeah, remember that? Oh that's my what, gosh, that's what that's what Harry Potter, a child treated like that. Oh my I mean, gosh, did, did J.K. Rowling did she know about the monkey experiment? Like right. where they you oh know gave God. a monkey. Like just I, for me, I think a little yeah. over the top, and I think that yeah. if I had some literary notes to Joanne, they would be. Let's do a more subtle, little subtlety in this development story. Okay. Maybe everything was equal, but there were, you know, gestures that were not the same. Eye contact that was not the same. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the, the gifts, the number of gifts at Christmas were the same, but Harry's had zero thoughtfulness while Dudley's did. I just mm-hmm. think that there was an opportunity for nuance that was missed yeah. in this tale. Wow. That is so true. I think you should go on Goodreads right now and leave a ravishing review about how you've read reread this as an adult and it doesn't deserve any of the hype. And that frankly it's a, it's a bit outlandish. <laughs> it just Chandler if you will strains credulity. It oh my gosh. I should have seen that coming. Um so so are you still enjoying the book or not oh at all? Oh my gosh. It is actually, I think, equally as fun to reread Harry Potter and as an as an adult because it's just so f- and I'm watching the movies too. Yeah. And like it's just so funny. Like when I was watching the movies as a kid, they the the children weren't children to me. They were other people. Yeah. Right. But now re-watching as an adult, I'm like, 
wait, these are little kids. Like we're letting little kids right. fly on broomsticks mm-hmm. uh, hundreds of Scary. feet up in the air. Right. Your danger sirens are for sure going off. I can feel like, it. Like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Like the aunt and uncle are just dropping Harry Potter off at the train station knowing that the platform doesn't exist right. and they're just going to let him be homeless they're for just, nine months. Right, right. Like that's the plan. Like, I think what we're just, seeing is a lot of terrible parenting. Yeah, I think I'm just, it's just interesting to, you know, it's just very interesting to experience this story with a different set of eyes. So I highly recommend it, everyone. Um, I will say for me, I think it's great to be a fan of Harry Potter, but I, and I was a, a Harry Potter super fan, but for me, it was nice to like break into adult interests mm-hmm. and leave that behind a little bit for like a decade. Um sure. And it has been, though, just such a treat and such a delight to re-encounter these stories. So highly recommend for sure. Okay. Wait. Also, I talked about this on a few podcasts ago, Lauren, but I've been just fully giving in to the side of me that just wants to read John Grisham. There was another Grisham novel at this house. There were lots of books that had been left behind by other wayward travelers or weary travelers, whatever. And I picked up Mm -hmm. the Grisham that was on the shelf. And I just felt like myself again, frankly, like going back to being blonde, like when I'm, when I'm, my hair is blonde (laughs) and I've got a Grisham in my hands, like I am myself, I am me. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hilarious because this, the one that I was reading is like a more recent Grisham. Like he's still got so many novels in him. It's amazing. What a man. Um, but like Ken Follett, who's another writer, like on the cover is like, hang on to your subpoenas. John Grisham is the best thriller writer of all time. It's just, it's so good. It's, he's well-respected in the community. And yeah. I also like how John Grisham is a man who, you know, maybe is like me a little bit. A little more traditional harkens back to a more conventional, simpler time. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Of human life. Mm-hmm. And there's just an honesty there that is refreshing. Right. There, here's the thing. <laughs> there's no undercurrents of other messaging with his books. It's just like, here's the lawyer. Here's the corrupt judge. You know, other corrupt, other lawyer, corrupt police system, whatever it is. And here's a gorgeous tale. I mean, here's a leggy blonde. There's always, you know, one of those in the book. <laughs> You know, these are the size of her breasts. Yeah. She's always slender beneath her nightgown, that type of thing. Um, <laughs> and I, I kind of appreciate it, frankly. So it's just like a reliable chain, you know, yes. it's like, oh, have you ever been in the boonies and you see a Starbucks and you have that sip right. of a, you know, of a gorgeous latte and it tastes just the same it does at your local one at home? It's called consistency it's, and it matters. I would say that actually the most consistent flavor uh, at Starbucks are the cake pops. Those never change, and I hope they never change for the rest of time. Yeah, it's just it's just like, yeah, you might not love everything about it. It's not the best coffee in right. the world, but you know what you're going to get. You know what you're going to okay? freaking get. It's Diane Sawyer's, it's Diane Sawyer's Bob. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's been with us for so long. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, okay, wait. I am neglecting a juicy little tidbit from my okay. trip. I don't even know if I've told you this. I don't think I've told you this. Are you ready? Are you yeah. ready? Okay, so I'm ready. Um, we spend a week on Martha's Vineyard. It's beautiful. We go to the airport. The airports there are very small, and they feel they're even more like islandy. Like they're basically you go through a very tiny security, and then you go outside yeah. to like a tent, literally a tent, and there's like some vending machines, like to wait to go board your flight, and then there's literal gates that you then cross through to then walk to your plane. Okay, okay. So we get to our gate or tent, essentially. And there's not even enough benches for everyone. So we're just kind of like mulling about, standing around. 
or with all this all the crowds you know of tourists and all of a sudden um or we're standing there my back is to like where people come through security um my friend mj says is that malia obama and <gasps> i go and i'm just kind of like you know I, I actually feel like I do, I do pretty well in these moments i don't freak out i kind of just like cool i'm I mean, my pulse is racing, but I kind of in a cool way start to turn my body when all of a sudden Malia Obama is walking directly towards us because we're standing right by the gate. Check. okay? And I Mm -hmm. whip my head back around. and I go, yes, it is. And Malia Obama, no joke, literally is is within a foot of me. She scans her. She doesn't even scan her ticket. The gate check agent guy says right this way, and he just like escorts her to the plane. You know, a full thirty minutes before everyone else gets on board. Oh, seriously? And she was on my friend MJ's flight back to DC. Okay, Um, I have so many questions, so many things to say. The first is that when you said that Martha's Vineyard was more commercialized, I said, "Wow, that's unfortunate," because I thought the Obamas had better, you know, potentially better taste. I know they have an estate there. They do. so wow incredible mm-hmm. i mean the second thing oh, is did you do any sort of like gesticulation or did you have any sort of outburst that was like i am not i am like uh yes. from the the i'm a liberal elite i am mm-hmm, a tech mm-hmm. person i i voted for joe biden right i am you know approved i yes i definitely yelled yes we can um <laughs> Yeah, never you just as she's walking under the plane nevertheless she persisted so she did or whatever what's, what's obama's book a change uh what's obama's book? Uh, what's it called the audacity, audacity of hope. The, the audacity of hope i'm like yes we can and the audacity of hope that we're gonna get on this plane <laughs> <laughs> the audacity of hope that we're our flight's gonna take off on time <laughs> You're not flying private. Maybe you don't usually go on the journeys of your father. <laughs> Sometimes you have to differentiate from the parents as an individual. Experience commercial flights. I'm becoming angry that our flight <laughs> is taking off. <laughs> oh my gosh! What was the what was the true tome that Obama put out? The memoir. Oh, uh, was it, like, what was it? Was Barack? Barack. I think it was something? up Barack. Yeah, the audacity of hope. I think he wrote before he became president, or maybe oh, yeah, during yeah, his yeah. first there was, term. T- dreams of my father or journeys of my father yeah. that was like one of the first books then audacity of hope right i actually oh gave gosh, her john bledsoe's just... number um because i was like wow have i got a guy you got to talk to it's got some real intel <laughs> on your father <laughs> <laughs> i was like it's just does she need a divorce i didn't know she was married no oh yeah for sure it's like it's like our dad knows so much more about obama than, I'm like, than malia obama I'm like, does it's pretty wild malia do you want the truth about your father call john bledsoe <laughs> He knows. <laughs> oh my gosh. That reminds me of a funny story. We, we were once having a family dinner at Valters in Salt Lake City for like a fancy dinner. Mm-hmm. This was the very same meal where uh, dur- when we all were supposed to go around the table and give life advice to McCall, sweet McCall, who was turning 21 or 22. No, I think she was turning. I, I think now today she turns 20. 20. Happy birthday, McCall. Yeah, today she, uh, happy birthday, McCall. She, turned she was turning 20. Yeah. But anyway, so everyone gives sweet advice. And then our father, somehow his advice to McCall is to get a job because men will fail you every time. Mm-hmm. That was his, that was his it advice. It was literally, well, you know, get a job. Men will fail you every time. Another, you need to have a skill because, you know, men, men will fail you every time. <laughs> Another epiphany I had this weekend, maybe being raised by a divorce attorney and hearing constant tales of people's divorces wasn't like necessarily the best for my psyche. Right, right. It's another like yes. potential 
thing. Um, but anyway, so at this very same dinner, our, we were just all laughing because uh, this was during the time when there was all this stuff about like Russian disinformation mm-hmm. and propaganda oh, yes. and like overtaking Facebook and uh, <laughs> putting, all, <laughs> putting all of this like stuff out. Um, and anyway, we, and my, our dad was laughing as we were telling this. So this is not t- talking about his back. He would laugh at this. But we were just saying that our dad, like the Russians were having a meeting right at that moment. And they were showing a picture of our dad and being like, see, this works. Exhibit A, John Bledsoe. Before this campaign began, you know, normal ideas about society and our leaders. Now, <laughs> this is the man we need to be targeting. This is typecast who we should be looking for. <laughs> This guy will read, you know, all the national.com news articles or whatever. Oh, although I will say I, I do. Another thing I have learned recently is that I do think that our parents uh, being, th- you know, three to four decades older than us potentially know a little bit more about life than us. Oh, so, absolutely. They absolutely do. So anyway, I don't always agree with their opinions, but they they for sure have way more perspective on things. And I think, too, like even as I get a little bit older, I'm like, I I don't want to feel so swayed by like the winds of like politics. I would like to not to disconnect a little bit and, you know, not fully yeah. disconnect and, you know, be like, I don't care. It doesn't affect me. But, you know, I don't want to get as wrapped up in it because I don't know if it's actually productive long term. Yeah, the culture moves really, really swiftly. And I don't think that the onus is on every individual to just completely move with the culture. Right. Okay? Especially when there are people who have lived long lives and who maybe know a thing or two about, you know, you know I don't know, existence that we don't. That 19-year-olds picketing right. don't. You so. know, this would have been a great conversation for me and Malia to strike up at the airport if I could have just walked her oh, through yeah. this new perspective I found. But honestly, okay, the last thing I'll say is that she's obviously very beautiful and super tall, but like it was, it was maybe my coolest celebrity sighting. I think because it was like, this was literally the president's daughter. Like it's, it's not even like, I feel like a lot of celebrities, like they don't, I don't know, like she requires a level of security at one point. She required a level of security at one point in her life that was insane. Like she was so famous or just like, I just you know, think it's such like, like royal adjacent I, totally it absolutely is and the fact that I got to see her it's like not a starlet she then there was I mean at least that I saw there was no security around her it was just like literally a teen girl or like you know a young girl walking t- through the gate to her plane it was so cool yeah so anyways yeah. it was one of my favorite celebrity sightings I think yeah it's I mean it, I honestly I'm so jealous that's so so fucking cool to be that close to like Barack and Michelle like I felt renewed I felt like finally I you know I had the audacity of hope Chandler I'm stirred yeah truly this has been quite the tale thank Incredible. you I, I can't believe thank I didn't you. I really did save it for the pot I'm proud of myself yeah you really did oh um we need to talk a little bit about the Patreon you guys yeah this is a this is something that Chandler and I wanted to discuss. Um, and maybe this is something everyone already knows, but we've gotten some hate, I would say for putting, you know, putting equal work into our Patreon as we do our free episodes. And, um, you know, we want to just say, and people get, you know, a little irritated that we leave the juiciest things for the Patreon. You know, we're the most vulnerable, the most honest, the most real, the most raw on the Patreon. Mm -hmm. And Chandler and I just want to say, do you want me to continue pontificating? Yeah, no, I do. Or? Please go. No, I love it. Okay. Okay. So Chandler, I just want to say that this isn't 
like entirely because we want your $7.99 a month. Like, of course, it definitely is. But it's also way bigger than that. Yeah. Like, it's not just that. It's also that Chandler and I on this podcast literally like put our make ourselves very vulnerable sharing our thoughts and stories about our lives Mm -hmm. and who we are with complete strangers who have the ability to go on apple podcasts and write permanent lies about us which has happened on those reviews and i'm not going to get into it but people like our courtney our sister the, the our amazing influencer sister she gets mean dms but there isn't like an organized place to go and just like well, shit and, talk and her. leave them like publicly. there are podcasts. Yeah. Re- yeah. And there's, we can't respond to them. So it's not, it's not just like revenue. Really what it is for us is it's just protecting ourselves. Yeah. It's just like only sharing like this podcast like is so great. This it's so, we feel so blessed because podcast gets thousands of listeners every episode, but that's like, a lot of people and it just feels a lot safer to share the the you know the most more vulnerable things with less people totally who, yeah I think that um yeah I think it, everything you're saying is is so true and it is like I don't know that I'm 100% comfortable like I love all of the people who listen to our podcast and I feel so grateful that we've like found this community um but I think I don't always feel 100% comfortable being a public person you know, I'm on my own yeah. journey with social media right now. You know, I might feel comfortable throwing a bikini pic on my gram, you know, twice a year, but I don't know if I totally want to like go into like crazy details about my life on like, you know, my public podcast. And so I think the Patreon is just like a space where I feel like, okay, I know the people who are on here, like at least have an added level of just like rooting for us because they're like right, putting, exactly. you know, they're like willing to pay for it, which is so nice. And I, I really feel grateful for it. So I think I just feel a little safer being vulnerable. And also, you know, it's just, it's just till still really scary for me to be super vulnerable to like the wide masses. Um, you know, and, and maybe that will be something that like will change, but uh, you know, I also just want to be protective of like my own peace and joy and my, and Ben's, you know, and, yeah. it's just, and our family, you know, so that's all. And I, I think we just know that the Patreon people get us. They're not going to twist our words and pretend and, you know, try to uh, yeah, I just like think create like, some false narrative about anything we've said. They understand that we come from a good place and sometimes we might misspeak. And in living in this time and living in an era and time where misspeaking has deadly consequences um it's a lot it's not as it's not as dangerous and honestly like there's not on the, on the patreon for us there's not even anything that really salacious on the patreon i just think we're a little bit more comfortable speaking like we're just a little bit more comfortable being you know vulnerable and what with you know with whatever whether that's like our vices I mean, there are a few salacious things but yeah i mean yeah but i don't think the patreon like necessarily has like you know, a ton of like off color things. It's just maybe where we're more vulnerable. That's how I would describe it. Yeah, totally. Totally. So that is that just wanted to put out that disclaimer. And if you want to DM me and tell me that you stopped listening to this podcast because we now do more work for the Patreon, um, I honestly don't give a shit. So stop listening. Okay. Um, okay. Um, also, I guess I'll just throw in like, like Heather McDonald, for example, like she has like a degree of family drama and she doesn't really talk about it on her regular episode out of also protection for her family but she talks about it on her patreon and I really feel like a trusted fan of hers by when I get to listen to that and like hear about her life and understand you know where she's coming from 
I love how I'm like, I don't care if you don't want this. If you don't, if you said something mean when I've just like literally had a, a, t- a 10 minute monologue, like showing how much we I care. care. I mean, like maybe one yeah. day we'll just like, you know, get to that Zen place, but I'm a long ways off. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh shoot. So anyways, what? I have to go to work. Okay. Okay. We got to go. Oh, love but- you guys so much. Before we jump off, okay. we need to talk about, before we jump off, we just need to tease the fact that we have so many thoughts about Megan of Montecito. Yeah. that We're going to do a whole Patreon deep dive on this article. Yeah. Um, I think we could literally start an entire podcast just dedicated to this oh, one article and gosh. it could go on forever. forever. Like that is how much content is available within this article. Yes. So y'all get ready for that. Okay. Get ready for that. That'll be out on Friday. Um, tomorrow love you guys so much thank you for listening and we'll announce the august giveaway next week yes. so um if you do want to enter maybe still want to enter we'll we'll still accept the entry on the hush hush agreed okay okay bye everyone bye. thank you that's all for now folks don't forget, give us a five-star review. Hit us up on Instagram at Apologists, and we will see you next week, live every Wednesday. Bye.